Labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. First leg of the quadrilla at Flemington, race seven. The two faves are three, Ray Magnero, 280 in Jungle Gym, number one at $3.80. And Dehorn Unicorn, Joe Pride taking this horse to Melbourne for Blake Shin, is at $5. David Gately. Thanks, Dave. Yes, racing back at Flemington uh, this week. And a bit of a shallow sort of a card, but there's always a couple of promising gallopers, aren't there, that, that come through. And rail out nine metres generally plays well. Uh, the track we know, Flemington, um, wasn't a great swoopers track last week, but... We'll, guess, we'll see how things play out. Certainly, by race seven, we'll have a good idea how things are going. And I've got Dehorn Unicorn here. Covered ground in a pretty good race last time and ran well. Um, I think the run prior was just looking for further. So, look, I wish he drew a little bit wider up the straight, but they are sort of winning coming through inside the Maglade. So, I've lent his way over Ray Magnera, who's building a terrific uh, CV. He was eight weeks between runs into Geelong, and I like his, the way he knuckled down there. Jungle Jim, like I thought he'd get run over last week. I was almost right. He just lasted. And, and, you know, the last couple of metres of the 1,200, uh, he's always a little queer, but he's going to give you a great side again. And Maximilius might be the best roughie. Forgive that first up run. Shifty tracks on his go. He tried well before that. And uh, all of a sudden, he gets sort of 20 under one. Pink, pink bow ties form all ties in. Four three one two nine. Race eight, pretty tough and even race. Torrenzano might be the value third up. Two thousand Flemington. Uh, he only went up a hundred metres at Warrnambool. He didn't ping. He didn't sort of quicken, but he was good late. And he actually ran well first up at Ballarat. It was a really tough day to be a swooper. Uh, and those that were running on, there's been some real good value winners come out of that. So hopefully, there's another one. Greta Moon's going well. It's on the upward spiral for sure. Form ties into Aria Electra and Co. Divine Purpose hit the line hard at the valley, back along the inside, and Ocean's Above. Um, gee, I thought he was a good roughie last time. He was pipped by one who had a dream inside run, and um, Dublin Journal, and he just has to run a strong 2,000 metres out. I think Slane's a chance too. I think they'll go forward from that draw. So, again, we're pretty wide here. 10, 12, 14, 7, and 9. The third leg, Valair's a good little horse, I think. He won well last time with his 62 kilos, beating Helix. He's since run well behind another promising one. He gets some weight relief this time. Lafargue, uh, clear air last time, but it was a pretty good win. Um, pretty much the only swooping winner all day at Geelong in the 10-race card, to my eye. He's over the odds again here. Right and Rose is jumping out well. And Elkington Road uh, has been kept fresh since a pleasing return at Caulfield. 10, 4, 8 and 9. Last leg, I'm going with Wiggum, who won this track and trip cup week. Then 1,200 metres wet track. They were against last time. Kept fresh, unbeaten fresh, this horse. And leading away. Johnny Rocker first up off a long break, but did find the line nicely in the trial, a jump out. Beat all by Golden Boom fresh last prep in Queensland in fast time. Mornington Glory should have won two runs ago and beaten by a group horse last start in fast time. And... Then my main three, Lakota Fire, I thought could have jumped out better. Um, but uh, has former Anacho, Anacho, you know, that's group form. So we go two, five, six, ten home in the quaddy. Bet. All right, race four, number one, Osmar. Love to race the jump out. Was terrific. First up last time in beating Alonso, who went on to place to Schwartz at Flemington Cup Week. So 
Osmar is our best for the day at Flemington. Backable price to race for number one there. Uh, value, we've mentioned it. Race eight, number 10, Torrenzino. For those reasons outlined. Best in Sydney Rose, who'll race eight, number four. Uh, step aside. You should get a good trail here. And things will maybe pan out better than they have the last two for this horse. So eight by four, Rose Hill. Step aside, our best up there. Thanks, mate. Thanks, David. We'll go through the prices. I'll repeat those quadrilla numbers as well. At Rose Hill, step aside. Race eight, number four is $4. His best bet's at Flemington. A race four, number one. Ostam, Ost, no, what is that? Um, Osma, it's $3.90. So race four, one, $3.90. Then we go over to race eight, number 10 for the value selection. A Torrezino, and the price of that galloper at the moment is $8 and $2.80 for race eight, number 10. The first leg of the quadrilla is race seven. His numbers here are four, three, one, two, and nine. So Dehorned Unicorn on top, four, three, one, two, and nine. In race eight, it's 10, 12, 14, seven, two, and nine. So putting the 10, as we mentioned, it's $8 on top. That's his value selection. So 10, 12, 14, 7, 2, 9. In race 9, his numbers are 10 from 4, 8, 9. And the 10 is Bel Air, $3.90. So 10, 4, 8, 9. And in race 10, Flemington, numbers are 2 from 5 and then 6 and 10. So putting Wiggum on top of $7 chance from the favourite, the 5, Johnny Rocker, two ninety, and then 6 and 10, 2, 5, 6, 10. Repeating best, Melbourne, 4, 1, value 8, 10. The special Sydney is race 8, number 4, step aside. Michael Maxworthy say last week, and it normally happens, isn't it, when you like a horse at big odds and you take the big odds when the markets come up with tab, whether it be, you know, Wednesday night or Thursday, normally they get run over. But not in this case. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I mean, every every couple of years it'll happen. Well, it happened for you last week. Well done. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. Yeah, what price did they go yeah. up, Boom Talk? 20, I think $21. So I did mm. manage to get the $21. And it, it was there for a while um, until I think people started doing the form and they were chipping away. I think he ended up running at about $7.50. Uh, he's a very, very nice horse. He's just got this great will to win. You could see that in that race where he was back and wide. And uh, when Michael D asked him to go, he, he came around the whole field and... Uh, um, it was really strong over the final part, although he only got up in the last 70 or 80 metres. It was a powerful run by him. And, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the six months, uh, the next six months or so brings with him. Yes, yeah, so they're going to continue with the benchmark races, I think, and you know, throw a nom in for the Stradbroke, as you would. Whether he gets that race, yeah. uh, we'll wait and see, but you've got to aim for the stars. Yeah, well, it could be a bit like Antino last year. He's developing a record like him. Um, couldn't get him to Stradbroke. They might have to wait another year. But nevertheless, he's a, a very nice horse. I just heard uh, Gator mention Dehorn Unicorn. So he's going to Melbourne tomorrow. And so he'll be scratched from the last. He has actually come out. He's been scratched from our last race at Eagle Farm, Dehorn Unicorn. He was well in the market. So the market will be changed there with him. But this is an excellent meeting, Steve. I'm really looking forward to Eagle Farm tomorrow and very confident going into it. So... He, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed we can get a few winners. You must have been taken with Blue Spinel's recent trial. Runs first up, race 4-3 at good odds. 
Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting race. As Nicole mentioned, Ring of Steel has been very well backed now. I'll be very interested to have a look at the scratchings here in the morning to see where the Kampai runs. I think I think she will, um, has the three kilo claim, but she's got any amount of speed and she loves to lead and so does Ring of Steel. So I think um, the scratchings are going to be all important here. And if Kampai runs, it's probably going to make the assignment of Blue Spinel a little bit easier because uh, the pressure's going to be on up front. I just think that she's in great form, Blue Spinel. She put together three wins on the trot last preparation. Then she ran fourth at Doombin behind Hard to Say, who's a very good measuring stick. And that day, uh, she drew barrier seven. She was in an awkward spot. She ended up going back to, uh, to last, just about near last. Uh, the tempo sort of came off halfway, halfway through, but... I've got no doubt she would have recorded the best final, 600, 4, 200. She really found the line strongly. And then Tony Gollan, the electric speller. We saw her in that official trial, 19th of December, looking good. And what was even better was the fact that she had a dirt jump out and she went stride for stride with Prince of Boom. In fact, there wasn't a lot in it. In fact, Prince of Boom was being niggled slightly. So... I think it all looks good for her, Steve. I'm really keen on a blue spinel. I think she's come back in good order. So race four, number three, is the first of the uh, the better bets on the card. $8.50 with tab four, three, blue spinel. We spoke about Amelia's jewel in the first hour. Here's a horse by the same sire in Sayuni. Uh, substantial, 6.12. Yeah, this is the um, Barry Baldwin Class 6, and there's a bit of a Barry Baldwin sort of retirement celebration tomorrow, Steve. And this could be a bit of an omen with substantial because this horse is part-owned by one of Barry's long-time loyal clients. And I think you might be able to pick who I'm talking about. And I don't know whether they've specifically set him up here. Probably more so that it's a Class 6 plate and he's so well handicapped substantial when you consider that, um, you know, his rating is 81 and he's here with 55 and a half because he's only a three-time winner under the set weights of this Class six, he comes in with just 55 and a half. Um, but he's been performing quite well at a much higher level. In fact, the last time he was here in Brisbane substantially, he ran second to Antino over this course and distance, beating the length in April of last year. He was part owned by Lucky Pippos, so it could be a little bit of an omen, Steve. I, I don't see a lot of pressure in this race. I think Betcha the Crown probably leads for fun. And this fellow from Barrier 1 with Maloney up should be able to stalk Betcher the Crown. And at the weights, he's certainly got the, uh, the ratings on the, on the, uh, alongside of his name there to suggest that he can go on and win it. So really keen on him. He has been heavily back. No surprise. I think punters are all over him now. But 6-12 substantial probably looks the best bet on the card. Yeah, he won a couple of races before coming here in the UK. I see one day at York, Mike, over 1,580 metres there. He beat a f- 19 runners. Uh, when he was over yeah. overseas. So this might be his first win here in Australia, hopefully. 6.12, substantial. And what's the one in race eight? Uh, race number eight. So we're going for Hill of the Dancer, and I'm really keen on her as well. I think this is a great race for her. With the proviso that she goes forward, and uh, they haven't been against going forward with her in some races in the past. I remember as a three-year-old, an early three-year-old, she lined up here at Eagle Farm over 1,500. She went straight to the lead and won by three. There doesn't look to be much tempo here. I think good chat probably leads. 
and I'm hoping she can cruise across over the 1400 position handy. Her last couple of runs have been very good, uh, although six of nine at Wyong behind Royal Merchant. And uh, the horse that ran second in that came out to win uh, Samana. It was one of the big runs uh, last Saturday on Magic Millions Day. So I think the form line through that with Hell of the Dancer, who was really good. She was actually over-racing badly midway through that race at Wyong, and she still managed to run a, a very good race. And then went to the uh, Rising Stars there on, on Wave Day. She ran 7 of 18 behind Jun Quira. A few very nice mares finished ahead of her. And I just think this is an absolute perfect race of benchmark 72, you know, out of um, carnival time. Um, I think she's a, a great play on an each-way basis. So race eight, number 15, is the other one. Head of the dancer for Chris Lees and Andrew Malian. $7. So your three selections for Eagle Farm are 4-3 Blues Spinel, the Snowden's Galloper, 6-12 Substantial, 2-25, and $7, 8-15 Hell of a Dancer for... Mel Eggleston and Chris Lees. Of course, Mel runs the Queensland operation. I don't know if you've seen him recently. He's, he's shed a lot of weight. Michael, he's as fit as a fiddle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, that, that system's working, isn't it? The, the way they... Chris sends the horses uh, up from his Newcastle base. Um, yeah, it works very successfully. And this mare, um, head of the dancer, has obviously stayed on up here uh, from a fortnight ago wave day. Thanks, Mike. Okay, thanks. mentioned uh, Chris Lees, Mel Eggleston. Chris has got a runner here in race seven, Powerful Peg, and Nick Burney likes it. It's his first special. Good morning, Nick. Good morning to you, Steve. How are you? Good, thank you. Second up, appeals drawn well? Yeah, I really like Powerful Peg on Saturday. I thought it was the next best bet of the day, and you just go back to her first up run, and I just don't think she was caught wide a little bit early, and she did get in, but I don't think she really appreciated that sit and sprint race shape, but she showed a really good turn of foot, and when you do break down her sectionals, she actually ran one of the fastest 600, 200 metre splits in the meeting and then just peaked late and really dropped there her rank over the meeting. So that says she can only come on from that effort. Union Army came out last week and, and um, came out of that race and won last week. Uh, I just think she's really suited up to the 1,400 metres with a great record there. And I think she'll run really well. And just looking at early markets, there's a little bit of support there. So happy to back her powerful peg. Yeah, it's said well drawn, but I suppose, I suppose six is not perfect, is it, in the field of eight? But... Um... 7-7, seven, seven, yeah. powerful peg. Yeah, it's a little bit of a sticky draw, but I think they can go forward, and um, I think there's a spot there for her. Um, and she just she could probably slot in handy at worst midfield and use that turn of foot, as I spoke about, now that she's a little bit fitter and be hard to hard to run down after she, after she sprints well. Anything goes. <laughs> Matthew Smith, race eight. Tell us why you <laughs> like this horse, number eight. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Um, but I think this is the best bet of the day. $7, I think it's a cracking bet. Um, anything goes, as you do say. I just You go back to its couple of runs at Canterbury. It's just taken a few to get fit. Then it had no luck whatsoever. It went to Ranwick and, look, had every chance in the run, but I think it just ran into a smart one in running by. And the way he built through his gears, he just that four to the two is really building momentum and then ran the third fastest last 200 of the meeting and just went through the line full of energy there. Um, there was a huge margin back to third to confirm the quality. The race itself produced a very strong rating last section. I just think he's in career best form, optimal fitness now. They can either lead or be handy around Rose Hill 1,500 metres and think 
at $7 can mark him pretty much almost half the odds and just think it's a really easy bet to have around that mark. Race 8, 8, anything goes. And what's the one in the last? Yeah, the horse I've probably been trying to catch for some time now is race 10, number 10, boot scooter. So first up run, uh, it's coming out of Terra Marta's race, which um, is a very strong form reference there. It just stays on the 52 kilos, but thought was a solid return there first up. Its last couple of bounds, and you watch it through past the post, I should say a she, um, she was really strong past the post, and it just said she wanted more ground. And she gets out to the 1,500 metres now. Uh, look, she still stays at 78 grade. She hasn't won up in this grade, but around the $15, I just don't want to let her go around and not have something on her. So happy to put her on top and have something on Boot Scooter uh, to finish the day off at good odds. Just want to reiterate your three selections, Nick, for Rose Hill. Yeah, race eight, number eight, will be my best bet. Anything goes. Race seven, number seven, powerful peg, the next best on the meeting. And race 10, number 10, boot scooter, a little bit of value there. Have you ever done line dancing? Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that when I was calling them out. And what song do you think of? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) You got me there. This particular song. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Dave. Think Sakey, Breaky Heart, maybe both. Not something I've done. Think about line dancing, and I've said this before like, people enjoy it and they love it, but a lot of the line dancers that I've seen over the years, they don't have facial expression. They don't seem like they're enjoying it. They're concentrating on their steps. So, what I would advise anyone that line dance, try and introduce some more animation to your facial expression and look like you're being happy and get more people involved. Ben Scadden, good morning. Have you line danced? I've got a very good friend who's American and she's from Colorado and she could do it with her, with her eyes closed. She's, yeah. uh, she's But they've actually introduced a modern form of it, haven't they, where they've faster music yeah, and yeah. different moves. I'm a, I'm a very long way off being an expert, but I've seen her do it and she makes it look easy and, yeah, I just stand back and watch. That's about as, about as much as yeah, I do. Yeah, I used to be able to do the bus stop in that bush, but I reckon I'd have to re- do a refresher course and all that sort of stuff. Um, just before we get your specials, just this um, youngster everyone's talking about, it'd be fascinating, um, Kiri Yanagi, race one. Yeah, it's, look, there's been a stack of press about there, hasn't, about her, hasn't there? So she was a, you know, relatively high price ceiling, I think, you know, 380 or something like that, wasn't she? And um, she's, you know, want to jump out very convincingly, look, look sharp in a trial as well. Um, you know, tomorrow there are, it's down to four runners. Um, you know, you kind of think that if she's anywhere near what they're saying she is, then um, it'd be a, a walk in the park for her without any disrespect to the other other starters. But, um, yeah, look, she'd need to, need to deliver. I know Will Clarkin has said that he thinks she's going to be a better three-year-old than she is right now. But, look, she, she still looks relatively precocious, doesn't she? She looks like a, a natural runner. So going to be interesting to see where she heads and, you know, Blue Diamond is obviously on the um, on the cards at this stage still for her. Yes, uh, that's Kira Yanagi. Well, Gawler, it's bung for its day, of course, but you like one in race five, uh, press down, 320. Yeah, I do. Um, look, he's a he's a good horse, press down. Um, you know, his record kind of confirms that he's had 15 starts. He's uh, He's been in the money in ten, 10 of those, won almost 200,000, always raced against nice horses. He's a good winner back on December 16 at Gawler. That was his only start at the track. track this track and distance, 1,200 metres at Gawler. Beat a similar-ish field that day. And that was a pretty comfortable win. Like, he only won by three quarters of a length, but he actually did it quite quite softly. He was good that day. And then he was... Um, 
thought he was pretty solid behind Grinzinger Prince at, at Morphville when he's up on the speed. Um, they got him at 33.89. Look, the, these conditions are suiting perfectly. Callum Murray's got a good relationship with the horse as well. I think this is a, a touch easier than what he's been racing against. Rockstar Migsy is the one who's the, the clear danger. She's coming back in really, really good shape. Um, historically, she's prepped. Perhaps um, she's been best at her first couple of runs from a break, so I'm kind of banking on maybe been, not being quite as sharp um, this time round. But, uh, yeah, I think press down. He's a, he's a good horse. Um, he's actually covered winning a good race at some stage, I reckon. That is race five, number two at Gawler, $3.20. We move over to race seven. There's one here, Aaron Bain and Ned Tarty you like. Yeah, look, um, trained on course there at, at, at Gawler. She's graceful. Um, she's a former WA mayor who's racing some good races over there. She's been pretty solid for this stable since she's joined. Um, look, I'm reckoning by this stage of the day, uh, race seven, it's a warm warm forecast tomorrow. The track will be pretty firm. Um, I reckon it'll be really tough to make ground. Um, she's a horse who naturally jumps and, and kind of will settle up near the speed somewhere, and I think that's going to be a real advantage later on the day at Gawler. So even though she's drawn wide, barrier 11, Jacob Oppenman on board, reckon he'll push forward. Um, yeah, and I think if she's up near the speed somewhere, she'll be very hard to beat. You'll see she was uh, heavily supported $4 into 280 when um, beaten a half-length by Exalted Dame, who's, like, really franked that form. She's gone on and continued to race super well with Exalted Dame. So no disgrace getting beaten by her. She'll improve from that run as well, I think. She was scratched from uh, Gawler when it was a heavy track that day um, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I think this um, looks like... The the the, uh, the map suggestion is going to be on the speed, and I think that's going to be a real advantage here uh, tomorrow at Gawler. Seven four, she's graceful. Five dollars. Race nine, Billy Bronx, Solana Levesey, and Peter Hardacre. Yeah, horse with a um, she's had a pretty big reputation. Billy Bronx. Um, she's only won a couple of races from the seven starts, but um, she's looked extra good a couple of times. And you notice that uh, Peter chose to race her in some um, black type races during our, uh, our carnival, which ran in the Claire Lindop Stakes and also the Nitschke Stakes. And, um, you know, it was kind of just a little bit below them in both those races. She's come back from a break and she's um, she was pretty good behind Exalted Dame at, at Gawler back in October 27. Um, she's been thereabouts at her past couple. Um, I just think this looks like a slightly better option for her. Elena obviously claims the two kilos. She's riding well at the moment as well. She's another horse, I think, from Barrow 8. She'll, she'll most likely press forward, be in the in the first first few. And as I said, I think that'll be an advantage as we get deeper into the cards. So I think she's a she's a nice quality mare whose record probably doesn't quite doesn't quite back up her actual ability. Um, yeah, I think she can turn that around, and um, yeah, I think she'll run a very bold race tomorrow, Billy Bronx. Thanks, Ben. Good on you, Steve. Billy Bronx, $3.80, race 9.12. Ben Scadden, 5.2, press down, 3.20 with tabs, 7.4, she's graceful, $5.9.12. Billy Bronx. a wonderful meeting at Hobart on uh, Sunday. A tab have got markets on some of these races. I see Wings of Song short to win the 1,000 guineas, $1.75. Uh, that Galloper 2 of uh, the Hayes team, the Hayes boys have got one that won on debut, albeit it was a small field of Voila, uh, Voila um Vivace, it is. It's $2.20. And, of course, the Summer Cup market is up as well. Two thirty, a Lambra lad for uh, Patrick Payne, Jai McNeil on Sunday. Colin McNiff, good morning. How are you this morning, Colin? I bet you're looking forward to this meeting. 
Oh, very much so. It's, uh, it's the best meeting we've had down here in Tasmania for a long time, a 10-event program, and half of them feature races, so it's, it's a cracker of a meeting. You like one in the first? Yeah, look, it resumes here. Number four, Loud Mouth for Johnny Keys and David Perez. Its form prior to having a break was pretty good. It's had two very, very soft trials, the softest trials you'd ever see. I think they're just preparing it for a first-up uh, assault here, and... Uh, yeah, I reckon it'll just break the maiden status here. Race for race one, number four, Loudmouth. Yeah, from a mare called Raise Your Voice, one four. Colin, I said uh, one day this horse will win a decent race, and you're thinking it might happen on Sunday in race seven. Yeah, Jaguar Stone, uh, she's a ripping mare. Uh, she hasn't had a lot of luck. Uh, she kept running into Ballot Bow in her early days, a stable mate. But look, she's so consistent and so good. She ran third in the Newmarket first up. Hasn't been seen since then, except for a trial at Longford where. She was midfield for most of the trial, ridden by Erica Byrne Burke on that occasion. Took her to the outside. She just jogged past them. Gee, it was a soft trial win. Uh, I think she's got them covered in the Lady Lynette race seven, number one. And none of those set rates can penalties condition. She's not that badly off. She's a 78 no, rater. No. And, of course, Emily's the second highest. She's also well graded, 79 rater. They're the two highest rated horses there in the Lady Lynette. Tell me about race 10. Yeah, here I like to say no. Uh, look, really good run last time out. It has drawn a little bit wide here, number four. Another one from the Keys camp. Carleen Heffel has the right. It's drawn the outside barrier. There's already a couple of scratchings in the race. It's a go-forward horse. It's, uh, it's sad second was only run down narrowly by Cartoon Graveyard at Stablemate last time in Hobart a couple of weeks ago. Cartoon Graveyard is a horse right on the way up. Uh, and so too is for those that, for that matter. Visor goes on for the first time. Its form is very good. It's fourth up. Should be absolutely cherry ripe. I think it'll be nice odds too. Race 10, number four. Ferno, Keys and Heffel. Thanks for that, Colin. Look forward to watching those Sunday. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Colin McNiff joining us. So on Sunday, his three are race one, four, Loudmouth. Race seven, one, Jaguar Stone. And Ferno, race 10, four, Keys. Carleen Heffel drawn widely, but Colin's thinking with average luck, it'll go very, very close in that race over 1,400 metres.